Have a seat. We're glad you guys are here today. Hey, I really do sense that there's a stirring. There's something new and different taking place in the environment. There really is. And I'm not talking about barometric pressure. I'm talking about a supernatural presence of God that is happening right now. It is. For for weeks, we've been praying about it and talking about it with leadership. And and there's just a stirring. Even with the passing of, of Dr. Billy Graham this week. Who, uh, one single man who for decades, who I believe has carried the spiritual mantle of leadership for our nation, here's what I believe that God's wanting to do. He's wanting to disseminate that and disperse that to multiple people, not one. Can you imagine what would happen if, if those of us that are gathered here live in this room, and by the way, those of you that are tuned in watching online, Thank you. Good morning, Carrollton. I know that you're watching this morning in Saxe, Texas. Come on, somebody. Canada, I know you're watching as well. Can you imagine what would happen if, 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 if we rose up with the same passion and, 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 and desire that Dr. Graham had to preach the simple message? You know what his message was night after night? Jesus saves Hey, can I just tell you something? If you just have one verse of Scripture in your arsenal, use the verse that Dr. Graham used every every night he preached. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Come on, church. I think there's a stirring, and it's time for us to rise up. It's time for us to preach that message that Jesus saves. Amen? Amen. That has nothing to do with the message today. That's just, that's free for y'all. Amen? So I better get into it now, but it's good. And I'm just telling you that the time is right. And what will be our response as the body of Christ? Are you with me today? Can anybody help a bald-headed, overweight preacher spread the good news of Jesus Christ? Amen? Good. Seven people. I said, I said the word NASCAR in the first service, and you would have thought that the president of the United States had walked in or somebody important, but I'm preaching in, in crickets the rest of the time. It's, it's okay. Amen. This is 10 o'clock, and we are going to go hard after it. Today, we wrap up this series, You Ask For It. And uh, we've looked at questions such as, who is God? We looked at the question, who am I? We've looked at, last week we talked about, you remember, who are my, my friends? By the way, I just got to tell you something. I got, I got handwritten card this week. I got, actually, I got three of them. Three of them, I love that. But one came from the DFW Metroplex. It's from a lady says, hey, we go to our church on Saturday night, but we watch you guys on Sunday morning via live stream. And I just wanted to write you a note, let you know, The difference you're making in my life and in our lives. And oh, by the way, yes, I do know where our post office is. And that gummit, she had handwritten that, licked that stamp and put it on an envelope and mailed it. That's awesome. That's encouraging. A couple of notes from people in this house as well. That is a preacher's best friend. Amen. And it's, a, it's, it's good medicine for your friends as well. So if you didn't handwrite a letter this week, come on now. It's time to exercise those fingers and let's get after it, all right? Uh, Men, if you need your wife to help you, she'll help you. I promise you. So uh, anyway, but today we're going to wrap it up. And and, uh, something happened to me uh, 
couple of years ago, and it was really devastating in our home. Uh, my lawnmower broke. <laughs> now, I'm a yard guy. In fact, I, I, I work in my yard myself. Um, I, I love to mow grass. I, I love to see things, and I love to put shapes and designs. Now, I'm no Iowa cornfield type of crop mower or anything like that, but, but I love to mow. In fact, Pastor Danny Phillips reminded me today that I do have a lawn boy. Some of you can, can read that. And you'll get that. But, but I love to mow. The problem was <clears throat> I went down, and I'm just a hulking mass of pompitude. I get that. And I went one day to start my mower, and I broke the cord. That's how awesome I am. Just, I pulled it maybe because my mower came over on the ark with Moses. But, but, but I pulled, and my cord broke. What do you do when the cord breaks? You, you go in and drink sweet tea is what you do, and you call it a day. I was mad. I was frustrated. And, 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 and what I had set out to do in the, the heat of the Texas summer, man, I just I, I called it a day. The problem was I called it a day for several days and weeks after that. And, 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 and the problem was I had a broken mower. The other problem was the grass continued to grow. And I had to do something about it. And uh, what do you do when your mower's broken, but the grass needs to be moved? So I began to, to think about, is there an, uh, an alternative piece of equipment that I could use? Now, now, I've had, yeah, I didn't think of a weed eater. I've had too many blows to the head, evidently. So I thought, what would happen if I took my, 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 my head trimmer, my, my, my head trimmer, and, and, and could, could I possibly use this? Well, you guys know now. The answer to that is no. First of all, you'd look silly. The HOA would probably call somebody on you out front, and how long would it take for me to cut my... So, but th th this is not a great way to, to mow your yard, much less would a lawnmower be a great way to trim your hair, right? They're, they're designed for something specific. The, 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 these pieces of equipment have specific purposes, and, and when you use them according to the ways that they were created, they function and they operate and they work effectively. But when you try to use something uh, in a different manner than it was intended to be used, that's when you find yourself in a predicament. I didn't really try to use my hair trimmers that day to clip my grass. But because I understood that machines don't work well, when you use them for something, they were designed to do in a different manner. You know what? That's the way it is with us as people as well. When we're operating and functioning in the way that we've been created and designed, I believe that we function and operate well. But when I look around our culture today, I see so many of us that maybe don't even understand how we were created, much less what we were designed to do. And, and I believe that that is why so many people in our culture today are, are struggling and, and wrestling. They're wondering what is the real meaning of their life? Maybe why, why they still don't know the answer to what I believe is life's most fundamental question. And it's our question today. The question that you ask for is this, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? Why am I here? What am I created to do? 
You see, I believe that we're missing what we were designed for. And when we miss what we were designed for, what we find and what so many of, of you even listening today, you, 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 you're just, you just miss out and you're, you're not working like you were created to work. And even though you might be here today and you're enjoying a lot of success currently in life, life is pretty smooth for you right now. Maybe you have to admit that in those honest moments, it's still maybe not really fulfilling for you. The meaning just isn't there. The peace just isn't there. You see, here's what I believe. When we're not living like we were designed to, things just don't work very well. Your marriage doesn't work like it's supposed to. The relationships and even friendships that you share with so many people, those things don't function like they're created to. Even those achievements that you have, there's never enough love, there's never enough peace, there's never enough excitement. It's kind of just blah, status quo. And and I just want you to know that I believe that we were created for more than just a nine-to-five, punch-the-clock type of way of living. 50 years of your life and just put in time, just make it through another day. But that is how so many people in our culture, they they function, don't they? If I could just get to the weekend, right? Just make it through. Or, man, I can't wait till vacation. And what happens is we miss those 200 days that lead up to that next vacation, And we're missing out on so many opportunities to enjoy life and live it to its fullest. And so here's what I thought would be a good thing for us to do today. To to break out our manufacturer's instruction book. It's called the Bible. And for those of you that are new to 1910 or trying to figure us out, listen, we believe in the word of God. We, 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 we believe it from cover to cover, even the maps in the back. We believe all of it. And, and what we've tried to do, especially in this series of answering these questions about who is God, who am I, who are my friends, and now what is my purpose? Listen, we just think it's probably best for us to consult the manufacturer's book, right? Had I done that that day, I probably could have figured out how to, how to change the pool on a lawnmower, but... Name I got time for that. I don't want to mess with that, right? And uh, but but we believe that God's word has so many helpful things for us as we live in this day and time. And I believe as we consider what is our purpose, I believe that our creator, the one who made you, has so much to say to you about how you were designed to live. You know that God's your creator, right? Now, I know that your mom and dad probably played a part in that, right? I mean, I do remember that from health. Um, but listen, do you remember what Scripture says? That, that God formed man out of the dust of the earth. It had a shape and a form, but it was lifeless until God did what? <sighs> Breathed life into the nostrils of man, right? And we talked about how we were created as a spiritual being. And so we just think that it would be great for us to look and see what our creator had in mind when he made us. In fact, this morning, I want you to put your life up to to the blueprint of your design to see how you're doing when it comes to how you were created to function and live. In fact, I love these words in Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. It says this, everything was created through him and for him. 
in this verse right here, there's your created destiny. Six words. Six words. Created through him and for him. That's your destiny. Just like life, or, or just like the earth was created to orbit and revolve around the sun, you and I were created and given life. Our life is to also revolve around the one who made us, God. And this morning, you might find that life is lifeless, hopeless, you're not being fulfilled. Maybe just for that very, you're not revolving around the one who created you. You were created through him and, and for him. But you've chosen to kind of, bro, you're, you're way out there. You're in a different orbit. You, you, you're, you're trying to make it on your own. I'm going to be my own man or my own woman. I'm going to go my own way. And I'm going to forget this one that I was created to orbit and revolve my life around. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe that's you here today. Maybe that's you here today. As I look at our culture today and survey what's happening, the reality is more like this. We were created for him, but we're living for me. I was created for him, but I'm living for me. The Bible speaks to that. In the Bible's words in Isaiah chapter 53, it says, All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Hey, listen, this morning, if you're missing the meaning of it all, I believe it's because you're missing the one who gives the meaning. Today, if, if you're missing the meaning of it all, you're, you're missing the one who, who gave you your life in the first place. And he's also the one who, who gave his life so that you could get back to your creator. Am I talking to anybody? You see, Jesus died on the cross to, to pay the penalty of, of, of death for all of your me first choices. I know that this is 10 o'clock and none of us would, would ever make any me first choices, would we? This Jesus died and he paid the penalty for, for all of those times in which we chose to do our own thing. He, he died so that he could bridge this grand canyon between us and, and, and our creator so that we could finally know the peace of being who we were made to be. This morning, if you're trying to discover and find out what your purpose is, I would stop and pause and say right now, just you, you need to get back to the one who created you so that you can know who you really are. Belonging to the one whose love you were made for. Mm. Now let me transition a little bit and talk to a different group of people that are listening here today. A couple of weeks back, I, I was walking my dog in the early morning. It was dark outside, but it was when that eclipse was taking place to the moon. 
It's a pretty amazing sight to, to watch that, that shadow of, of the eclipse move across the moon until it eventually it covered it all. And you could barely, barely see the moon behind that shadow. And I thought, man, I just wish I had some binoculars. Then it dawned on me that, that, um, that I've had Skip Hewlett's binoculars now for about four years. And, uh, and, and they were in my garage. And so I immediately ran out. And, and I said, man, I've got some binoculars. And I went to my garage and I, I pulled out those binoculars. And, and, and man, all of a sudden looking at that eclipse, it was a different perspective. What was awesome and looked good, man, it was like I moved from, from, from the back row to the front row seats to watch this phenomenon, this, this God showing off type of moment, right? It was absolutely incredible. I began to see the moon in a different manner. I could see some of the craters within that moon, all the fascinating details. What, what a difference these binoculars made. It brought that phenomena closer. It made it a different reality. Now, now, now while, while watching the heavens or with binoculars, or even for some of you that hunt and maybe watching wildlife through, through a set of binoculars while you're here on earth, you know that binoculars make a huge difference, don't they? They, they, they bring things that are far away, they bring them up close. Hmm. Which is exactly what we're supposed to be doing while we're here on earth with God. What? Just hang in there with me. We are supposed to be bringing a God that is far away into a closer reality for people. Ooh, that's good. We're, we're, to, we're to, to, to make him more visible and more easily seen. I guess you could say that we're kind of, we're to be binoculars for God. Many of you have, have heard about the Westminster Catechism of the Christian Faith, and, and I love the, the, the opening statement, powerful summary of why we are all here. The opening statement says this, the chief end of man is to glorify God. Now, that's really clear when you get back to God's Word, our manufacturer's manual, Especially when you begin to look in the book of Ephesians chapter 1. It's like a Hubble telescope, you might say. This passage shows us things about our spiritual universe that we can never see without it. It shows us things like what the purpose of our lives are. For instance, look what it says beginning in verse 5. The Bible says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Hey, how do I get to God? I get to God how? Through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. And so we praise God for the glorious grace that he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. Listen, before there was a world, before there was a you, these verses share with us that God had a plan for you to rescue you through his son so that we could live, as it says there, for the praise of his glorious grace. Now, when you drop down to verses 11 and 12 there, Ephesians chapter 1, it, it begins to talk about his plan. It says, for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. And, and, and then what is his purpose? 
that guides this plan, verse 12 says, that we would bring praise and glory to God. A purpose. That we would bring praise and glory to God. Okay, God believes evidently then in what management consultants call MBO. You may know what MBO is. Management by objective. Since before the world, right up to you and me this day and on throughout the rest of eternity, God's running his plan by one objective. You know what that is? The praise of his glory. The praise of his glory. And since God's the source of everything that exists, our life makes sense and makes a difference when we bring people back to that source. So what does it mean to glorify God? Well, think of it like binoculars. It's making him look as big as he really is to the people that you and I meet. They have no idea what an awesome, loving, totally totally powerful father that he is. And we are to live our lives in such a way that draw attention not to us, but to our Father. How do we do that? By living in such a way that we bring him closer to people who might otherwise never, ever touch him. The greatest sermon ever preached, Jesus, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, he reminds us, that we are to be a light shining while we're here on earth, right? Why does it say? So that your good deeds will shine out for all to see. But everyone will praise your heavenly Father. That's what we're here to do. Our life, in fact, if you've been with us any amount of time here at 1910 Church, you will hear me pray this oftentimes. Lord, let us make Jesus attractive to others. Let me ask you a question. Through your life, are you making Jesus attractive to other people? Through what they see in you, the words that come from your mouth, the way you respond to, to situations, whether they be good or adverse, whatever, do, do you make Jesus attractive through the life that you live? Maybe there's another question that might be a good indication to, to see if you are carrying out this purpose that you were made for. Let me ask you this. When people are around you, do they end up being impressed with your God? If not, you might just be filling their view with something else. Maybe like you how great you are, how many problems you have, how stressed you are, or just the trivia of, of your life. As followers of Jesus Christ, we're not created just to spend our life building or maintaining an earth kingdom. Listen, we are eternal beings created to make an eternal difference. That's why we're here. That's our purpose. 
And maybe for some of us today that have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, maybe there's still a restlessness in your heart. Maybe it's ultimately due to to this desire to make a greater difference with your life while you're here. To, to, To bust out of status quo living and to really pour your life into something of worth and significance, something that is greater than you. Listen, that very thing, I'm going to be honest with you, that you were created to live for. Don't you want that? Don't you want to live for something bigger than you? Isn't there more than a nine to five, five days a week? There's more. There's a greater difference. And so maybe today if status quo isn't enough for you anymore, maybe today could you begin to ask God for a mission that will affect people's eternity? Maybe ask God for for a life that's committed to building his kingdom, not yours. Listen, when will we start building more square footage in heaven versus here on earth? When will we start giving and supporting things of the kingdom financially that will last long after? Listen, that's why we're praying to pay this off so that we can continue to run with a bigger vision. Would you begin to pray and ask God, God, what is it that would help me carry out your agenda here on earth? And can I just tell you something? There is nothing that matters more to Jesus than the mission for which he came to earth. In his words, in scripture, in the Bible it says this in Luke 19.10, his mission was to find and restore the lost. That's what he's about. And that's what we need to be about. People may know you as a happy person. They may know you as a caring person. They may know you as a strong person. But let me ask you today, have you ever told them it's because of what Jesus has done for you? Have you? Have you ever prayed with them when they they share a need with you so that they can taste the relationship that you share with a miracle-working God? Hey, do you ask in every situation, Lord, how can you use me, oh Lord, to draw people to you? Lord, how can you use me? You see, that's the mind. That's the heart of someone who knows why they're here. Listen, God is looking for some human binoculars like you to live a great purpose, a purpose that will bring him close so that people can see how big and how awesome he really is. What is your purpose? Your purpose is to live through him and for him. Your purpose is to center your life around the one who created you and let your life orbit him. And maybe for someone that's listening here today, whether in the house or watching us 
via live stream. Maybe you've not ever come to that place where you have begun this personal relationship with your creator God. Can I just tell you, it's like coming home. And if you'd like to begin that relationship with him right now, why don't you just tell Jesus, tell that to him right now. Hey, why don't you just tell him right now, hey Lord, right now I am putting my trust in you. I am placing my life in your life and I want you to encompass me, Lord. I don't want to just orient my life around you. I want you to just dominate my life. Tell him right now, tell him that that you're putting all of your trust in him to to be your rescuer from, from your sin. Because listen, he's the only one that ever died for that. And he's the only one that is capable of forgiving us of our past and giving us a glorious future. He died to forgive it. And oh, by the way, this God, this creator God that I'm talking about is the only God who had the power to walk out of his grave on his own power. And that same power is available to you today if you'll just receive it. Listen, you've done enough days. You've done enough days without the meaning that you were made for. You've lived enough days to go on wandering aimlessly and trying to figure out what life is all about. I'm telling you, today is the day. If you will just open up your life for the Savior that you were created for. Listen, you've spent your last day walking without purpose. Today's the day that you set a new course. There's a new trajectory for your life available today. If you'll just say yes to Jesus, would you stand with me today, please? Ministry team, come and join me down front. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this room as our team moves forward today. Listen, I believe there's someone here today, just as there was last night and just as we've already experienced today in our first worship experience. Listen, there's someone here today that for the very first time, you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. Hey, listen, do not put it off any longer. Today's the day that your life can receive a new meaning, a new purpose. There's a new trajectory for you. This mundane living, this just trying to survive and live day to day, Day, looking forward to the weekend or the next whatever. Listen, today that can all change. There can be a purpose that you embrace that is new, that I'm telling you, that is incredible. Jesus says, I have come that you might have what, church? Life! And have it to the full. Life abundantly. Life to the max. Life that is off the chain. That's what you were created to live, not mundane status quo living. You can have the new life today by saying yes to Jesus. If that's you today, every head bowed and every eye closed, my friends are standing out front. You come right now if you want to say yes to Jesus. I'm tired of living life me first. I want to, I want to live for you, Lord. I want this new purpose. I want this new direction. If that's you, you want Jesus. I'm surrendered to you. Come right now. You tell someone, come on, I want Jesus. Is that you? You come. You come. He's here. He's here. He's here. And he can change your life right now. Right now. You no longer have to be the same. Victory is available. Your past can be forgiven. A new life can come. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things pass away. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Father. Father, I want to thank you today for the reminder of the new life that we have through you, the potential to live 
life that is abundant and full. Lord, and it's not through self-help books or greater achievements, more square footage or more likes on Facebook. No, Lord, this new meaning, this new life, life abundant comes when we say yes to Jesus, when Jesus becomes the center of our lives. Lord, I'm praying for that person right now that they would release that death grip from that chair they're sitting in and they would come and say, I need a life that only Jesus can give. Lord, I also wanna pray for a different group of people in this room today. Because I believe that there are some people in this room that have said yes to Jesus, but they're still settling for less than your best for them. Status quo living. It's a disease that even attacks believers. Lord, I pray that you would awaken us to the wonder of a life in Christ. Lord, that we would walk in the miraculous, the joy this abundant life that you have. And so I pray today for Christians that are status quo. Oh, Lord, we know what your word says about how you respond to that as well. You says that you want to spit that type out of your mouth. There's no room for lukewarmness in the family of God. There's no room for a church that's lukewarm, a church that's just content to gather on a Sunday for 70 minutes and sing some songs and and hear an okay sermon and then leave with no difference. No. Lord, you want a church that's alive and on fire, a church that is willing to go to the hedges and the alleyways and bring you into a closer reality for people to see and experience. Lord, I pray that we would make Jesus attractive, The lives we live, Father, putting you on display, oh, there would be no escaping and people would want what we have. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for how you're working even right now in this moment. Lord, I pray for people that are here struggling and hurting today that they would know that we stand ready today to pray with them in this time of need as well. Because we believe that you are the answer. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Everybody said amen. Thank you, guys. You're dismissed.